When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. No one more excited that the Australian Open kicks off on Sunday than our SEN tennis expert. He is going to be busy, busy, busy down there at Melbourne Park. BP, welcome. Happy Friday. Good morning, Jules. Sun's out. Looks uh, magnificent from my vantage point. So, uh, yeah, we should get all the qualities uh, done today. We've got tennis around the country and, yeah, the day one schedule uh, to be released. I would expect a little bit later on today once all the, the qualifying start. Just before we get stuck into the tournament, we've had great feedback this morning. I've just asked a couple of questions. But one we've asked is uh, your favourite non-Australian tennis player over the years. Who would it be for you? Well, I, I'll go back and well, there's a couple that come to mind. But, I mean, I love Jimmy Connors. I could watch Jimmy all yep. day. And that's, that's a young me, um, you know, probably at the back end of uh, Jimmy's career. And I loved Stefan Edberg. Oh, so did I. Loved him. But just a good fella, a good man, and just played a beautiful brand mm. of tennis. If you love the aesthetics of tennis, the old serve volley, oh, and just to watch a good volleyer in tennis is uh, just like poetry in motion. Were you a Martina Hingis fan? No, not really. No, neither no. was I. I say that and people no. look at you like you're silly, but she used to annoy me. No, well, it's funny, isn't it? We saw her. I mean, this is a. I don't think we'll ever see this again. You know, a teenager having. Well, we've seen Coco Goff have that type of success, but Martina, I think she won her first at. What was she? 16, 17? I'm trying to think now when she won her first uh, Grand Slam. Yeah, I think 16. Yeah, won all her Grand Slams in that window, I think, before the age of 19, 20, which is extraordinary. And then obviously she came back later on and obviously had some great doubles success in in her 30s, but. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was. I was taken. I was taken by uh, Martina. I did like Monica Sellis. I know people think yeah. that she sort of, you know, used to grunt a fair bit, but um, I thought she was a great competitor. I loved Monica Sellis back in the day. Yeah, so did I. And she had a great one, great final against Steffi Graf uh, in the early nineties. So we, now we're all taken by Alex Demon. All we know, he's got Milos Raonic uh, first up. Okay, let's do some predictions now. BP, how deep into the tournament is Alex Demon all going to go? Well. I think he can at least get to the quarters if everything goes to plan. Now, this draw could be thrown upside down. Now, Ranich is short of a gallop, but he's playing at Kuyong in about 40 minutes' time. So I'm going to take a close look at the big man and just see what he looks like physically. He needs a bit of a hit out. And look, on his day, you know, obviously a guy is tough to break, huge guy. It's like standing behind Tom Hawkins, uh, Jules, when you stand behind Big Milos uh, Ranich. He's just a lump of a man. Uh, but he's had no continuity with his tennis in the last three or four years. But, you know, tough to break. But this is, Demon all sort of loves playing these sort of guys where he can really dig in on the returns. And once it gets into the ground battle, well, uh, you know, Demon should be able to run him ragged. I'm a little worried about Matteo Alnaldi as a second-round opponent. Okay. Probably on, on paper, he beats Adam Walton, the young Aussie, who's going to be making his debut in the main draw. Alnaldi's jumped 90 spots in the last... 12 months, beat Popperin at the Davis Cup, which really set up the tie for Italy. Fourth round US Open, and part of this sort of Italian production line of players. And um, he's he's hungry. 
Uh, Nicholas Jerry, third round. I mean, he beat Jerry at the US Open last year. So like Radic, a guy that's big in stature can just serve from, you know, the 90th floor, so to speak. And uh, they're, they're tough to return. But, you know, if he gets a good iron against Jerry, you know, Rublev, fourth round. I mean, Andre's still there in the top 10. He's been there for a while. Can't crack the quarterfinals. You know, Sinner would be, when I look at all on paper there, I mean, Rublev would be tough. And Sinner's obviously in scintillating form right now. He's had the better of Demonor in their previous meetings. So, yeah, I think, you know, that that's where we're expecting Alex to be. If he's good enough uh, and he's on the right trajectory, fourth round quarterfinal is where he should be. Let's hope so. And even further, Novak going for number 11. Does he win it again, BP? Well, he's got to start as the absolute outright favourite. There's no doubt about that. I mean, this guy is at home on this court. He loves playing in Melbourne. He's a 10-time winner. And he just knows better than anyone how to pace himself through two weeks of Grand Slam tennis. And physically, I mean, there was that little issue, you know, we saw at the United Cup with the the wrist or the arm, but he seems to have shaken that off. He's been practising. We saw him play a set with Sitsi Pass, so they weren't going an absolute full tilt uh, last night on Rod Laver Arena. But, you know, I mean, until someone can prove they can go the, the distance with him, and even if Djokovic, I mean, he's got this great ability to reset. If we think of, you know, some matches over the years where he's been two sets to love down, that French Open final against Tsitsipas, he just started the whole match again. And in the blink of an eye, turns it back his way, and that's what the champions do. So, yeah, it looks like he's going to open the tournament Sunday night. Yep. Uh, we're waiting the schedule a little bit later on uh, today. But, yeah, he's, he's the absolute outright favourite to go uh, number 11. Who's the best outsider on the men's draw that could sneak through? Well, they're going to meet in Adelaide today. There's a couple of... I mean, Sebastian Corder, if he hadn't got yep. injured uh, last year... So, I mean, I, I call him outsider because he is 29, so it's a fair no, way... That, that's fair one. enough, yep. Yeah, those inside the top 10. And, I, you know, I've looked through the draw and there's a lot of uh, players I just can't mount a case for, Jules, historically. Uh, but Corder's on the up. I mean, he should cut his ranking in half in 2024 and get to about 15 at least. So to do that, you've got to perform at the big events. And if he wasn't injured, as I said, he beat Medvedev. He was you know, really on track to maybe even possibly make the final in Melbourne last year. He's a freakish talent. The guy he's playing in Adelaide today, Yuri Lehechka, is the last of the seeds at 32. Now, this guy's a great athlete, made the quarters last year. He's improved a hell of a lot. He's dangerous, yeah. uh, the Czech. And there's another one there, Roman Sefulin who is not seeded, uh, but he could have been the best of that Russian pack. Uh, Medvedev, Rublev, uh, Hutchinov, uh, Karatsev had a run a few years ago. This guy had a lot of injuries post-juniors where he was a star. Now he's starting to really come into his own. He's dangerous in the draw, Roman Safil, and he might be you know, bound for the top 20. So there's that little batch around that 30 mark who could... You know, who could, who could cause some damage. What about on the other side of the fence, uh, BP? We're talking to SEN tennis expert Brett Phillips. Is there one that, you know, some would even consider a title contender that you're a little bit concerned about, whether it's form, whether it's injury? Yeah, since he passed, yeah. uh, I don't know if you caught that last night. Yeah, the back is a bit of an issue, uh, no doubt. I think it's a concern. We saw it at the United Cup. He didn't play uh, the volume of tennis that we were expecting there. Played some doubles, but you know, was really struggling with the singles. And you know, last night, obviously, there was some you know, obligations to be there. And they played just a set, but he looked like you know, he could have probably pulled the pin three matches in. So whether it's, yeah, how, how bad it is, we don't know. He did go off and have a little bit of treatment, but let you know, nothing out of the bag. 
So I think that's um, yeah, a little concern on the men's side uh, as last year's uh, finalists. And he's probably, in the last 12 months since that Australian Open final, just slipped back in the pack you know, behind a few others. So I didn't have him up there probably making the final again. But, you know, the guy obviously... Um, you know, is one with his seeding uh, that should be, you know, somewhere in that mix in the second week. What about on the women's side? Uh, it's It looks pretty even up the top there. Who do you think uh, will walk away with the title? Well, it's it's the big three. Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, Sviontek, you know, going back to that world number one ranking, I mean, she's 5-0 and this year. She's made a semi at Melbourne Park. It was 2022, and three times she's been in the fourth round. So... Hasn't been able to get it done in Australia. I mean, she won the French last year, quarterfinal Wimbledon, but then, you know, fell short round of 16 AO US Open. So I think, you know, she'd be really in the zone this year to go deep at all four majors and not have any stumbles and, you know, keep that number one ranking. It's, you know, damn competitive up at the top. So I think Eager's just from the form I've seen at the start of this year, if everything goes to plan, uh, she's going to be extremely tough to beat. In saying that, Elena Rybakina, uh, who obviously lost in Adelaide last night at one Brisbane, made the final of the Australian Open last year. Um, if they were to meet in the semi-finals, she does have a three-one head-to-head. Rybakina has outplayed her significantly in some of those matchups of the past, so that's not ideal for Eager to probably run into Rybakina on the same side of her draw in a uh, semi-final. In saying that, I mean Rybakina's got Carolina Pliskova in the first round, and that potentially potentially could be an upset if Plishkova puts it all together. She's a former world number one. You know, big ball striker, big serve. Um, you know, that's that's not, not the ideal matchup for Ibakina. So, and then my, you know, probably the one I'm concerned about, just to finish off the women's, is uh, Sabalenka. I mean, always tough to come back and defend your title. The Brisbane final, whilst it's not the absolute form guide to the Australian Open, that's the side of uh, arena. As good as she's become in the last 12 months, getting to number one, winning a slam, she's still got that capacity to self-destruct in matches when it all just goes horribly pear-shaped and she can't recover. So she'll be hoping she doesn't have that moment, but you know that's the one I'm probably concerned about out of the big three. And just finally, there's some unbelievable names on the women's side that uh, are not seeded, and there's some unbelievable matchups in round one. Who, who either... You know, a, a lowish seed, you know, 20 onwards, or that's not seeded, do you think that can do some real damage in the next couple of weeks? Well, from what I've seen up in Brisbane, I'm, I'm going to go Osaka. You know, I'm going to I'm going to say to you that the first three rounds are very winnable uh, on a collision course with Coco Goff in the fourth round. But, I mean, she's lost none of her raw power. And, you know, we've seen her come forward a little bit up in Brisbane, just trying to mix things up. The game style, I think, will evolve a little more from just uh, the uh, back of the court sort of game that you know largely led to her success. So Osaka is is dangerous, uh, no doubt in the draw. Um, so I've got her as sort of maybe the best outsider, even though she's a four-time uh, major champion, but she's coming off obviously a limited uh, prep. Uh, not necessarily outside the top twenty, but Alina Svitolina. This has been a great rise back as a mum. Um, in the last 12 yeah. months to get back inside the top 20. I mean, she's got the young Aussie Taylor Preston in the first round. Uh, Svitolina is very capable of having a regular good run at the majors. I'm not, you know, I don't know if she's going to ever win a major in her career. She was so close there for a period. That uh, she's another one that um, you just don't want to play, I think, at any stage of the Australian Open. Can't wait, BP. And we only have to wait to Sunday this year for it uh, to all get underway. Enjoy the chats this week. Uh, look forward to touching base again on Monday morning. Uh, enjoy the weekend. 
Indeed, Jules. Our coverage from midday on Sunday right across the network. I think we're on air for about 11 hours. So uh, jelly babies, uh, <laughs> a couple of Cokes. Uh, no coffee for me, but we'll push through. We'll call all the action live on SCM. Can't wait. Uh, Brett Phillips will head up the coverage, as he always does, at Australian Open Time. Uh, love chatting to BP. Let's get to the news with Monique Juice.